We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. When it's time for a new credit card, the best ones do way more than just buy stuff. And that's why U.S. Bank offers credit cards that make every day more rewarding. Earn cash back. Score points when you shop, dine out, travel, or binge watch. Or get a low intro APR. U.S. Bank credit cards were designed to fit your lifestyle. So make every day more rewarding. And check out usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. If somebody asked me what we talked about in this podcast, I would be like, I'm, I not, no I'm not sure. We just talked about a bunch of players. Yeah. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, rankings, projections, and the best fantasy soccer stats around, please visit Rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Mike Gottlieb, and with me, as always, is Andrew Laird. And we are brought to you this week by our good friends at Starting Eleven, the only place where you can make live substitutions during your match on DFS. Excuse me. <laughs> Andrew, um, it's draft day today. It is. And not us. for the NFL. No, yeah? no. It's uh, time for the Rotowire Taga draft tonight. We, I kind of opened it up before the season started and said, would anybody mind if we waited until the end of the transfer window? And not a single person said, no, let's draft now. And so I don't know if it was because we were all busy, which is possible, but it didn't seem like there, or there really wasn't any pushback in waiting. And, you know, we've talked about this numerous times, both on this podcast and out, like 
when people are like, should I draft Alexis Sanchez? Where do you see Coutinho and all of these guys who are very important fantasy options? And it was like, we don't know if they're going to even be in the Premier League. At the time, Alexis, I believe, was heading to PSG. And Coutinho and the Barca thing is obviously going on. Alexis to Man City would have been okay. But there's just so much uncertainty when you have drafts and when the transfer window is still open. And thankfully, we will not have that problem next year. I believe the transfer window is closing after. I'm sorry, the season is starting um, after it's the window only, closes. It's only closing it's for like day, Premier right? League, only for Premier League teams for in transfers. The rest of the the rest of the world will still allow like people can still get off of teams. They just won't be able to be added to teams in the Premier League. Well, that's fine. I mean, we know. Well, I so you're saying no, those it's not. Players it, it, it doesn't leave. solve anything. <laughs> right, yeah. right. Like so, even this year, right? So we the, like the transfer window closed on uh, on August 31st. Except in Spain, right. where Felipe Coutinho was being rumored to be to going, right? So I mean, even then, you still suffered from it, and it's you know, and next year it's it's even more awkward because, or sorry, not next year. Uh, <laughs> I thought next year was the Qatar World Cup. When the yeah, World Cup is in it. Qatar, uh, five years from now, um, you know, you have the long winter break right. for the World Cup. So I mean, it, it, there, there's always going to be some kind of there's always something to worry about, but I mean, the transfer window is a really high level discussion in terms of, you know, whether it should be uniform, you know, for, for the transfer window close to close before the earliest European league start, uh-huh. because it's just unfair, right? Like, cause I think Russia even has until the end of this month. Uh, they might, but I'm not sure anyone's coming or going to Russia. No, but I mean, there once upon that. a time, once upon a time when on she <laughs> was buying all sorts of players or Zenit like yep. Zenit bought Hulk for an unreasonable amount of money like yeah. it's just like you know these things can matter I'm not saying they do now but they certainly can and it, it's tough to be it's t- going back to your original point it, it makes it tougher uh, it wasn't tough for me I mean I was the one who was saying draft Alexis Sanchez as if you're assuming he's going to stay in the Premier League and what do you know he's still in the Premier League so it's just well that you know, yeah that, that worked but, a little bit better once Man City became the the favorite, yeah, but also also true. However, like, you know, moving on to the next discussion, right now that he is in the Premier League, what do you think his effectiveness is going to be? Given the fact that when we saw him play last, let's be honest, he didn't look very good. And then secondly, just the whole situation involving his transfer, you know, he is apparently not happy with Arsenal and a lot of Arsenal players are not happy with him. Right. Uh, you know, and Philly Coutinho's. You know, so, you know, this can be applied to a whole bunch of different players. So just in general, do you think it's a case by case basis or is this something that you can apply blanket to, you know, maybe not all, but you can paint with a broad brush about these players that should have that were rumored, strongly rumored to be transferred, thought they should have been transferred, but wound up staying. Uh, I think they're all different. Um, there was an article on the Liverpool Echo yesterday, basically about how Liverpool supporters should. Uh, embrace Coutinho when he comes back because they went through this exact same situation, although it really wasn't the same, but a similar situation with Luis Suarez where he basically made it clear he wanted out and they decided not to sell him. And he had this fantastic year and left the year later, which is basically what's going to happen with Coutinho. I mean, they'll have him for one more season, but um, I think it's a little different than the Alexis situation only because Coutinho like joining Barcelona is a, it's a, it's, it sounds so stupid, but I feel like your your life changes significantly more. I mean, he was going to get a lot more money. 
um, obviously playing for a team that is probably a higher caliber than Liverpool. Alexis, I mean, the Man City, yes, is better than Arsenal, but Arsenal was like probably going to pay him just as much, if not more than Man City. Like he was basically just going to a better team. He wasn't necessarily going to like better his life outside of soccer, which I feel like Coutinho is looking at it that way. Um, And yeah, I mean, apparently there are enough stories out there that uh, the Arsenal players kind of looked at it as that, that he was like, I'm just going to leave for this better team, which happens to compete in the same league. And they're like, okay, go. Like, and now he's staying, and they're, that's awkward. Like, Barcelona is not competing directly with Liverpool at this point. And so it's almost like if Coutinho left, it's like they don't have to worry about that. But instead, now, now Alexis, I assume Alexis is going to loaf through the season or move in January. Like, Arsenal blew, like, totally blew it by not selling him. And now, theoretically they get nothing for him in next summer. So the idea is like, maybe they can get something for him in January. Oh my God. Did they mess that up? Here's my question to you as somewhat of a unbiased opinion here. Where did you think Arsenal would finish with Alexis? Uh, It's hard. I these predictions, right? Like, like I think they'd be contending for the fourth spot. That's the way I'd put it. Okay. Whether they would make it there, I don't know, but they would definitely be, you know, four, five, six in that range. And now you're going to ask me where are they without him? You know, it, it would depend on what else happened, right? Like if they just lost Alexis for nothing and got nothing for him and are just sitting without Alexis, I don't think they're contending for fourth anymore. Uh, let me. Okay. I, I thought they'd be, they'd be sixth. Yeah, but but I'm saying and, they'd be six, they'd be sixth, but like closer to West Brom and all the others at seven eight versus closer to the guys you know third second like the Manchester clubs. You know what I mean? Um, I I almost look at it as literally no change in the table. Like I thought so, they would finish sixth with Alexis, and without him they'd finish sixth. Like I don't see Everton and Southampton. No, no, no. I'm, not, not, I'm not saying that either. I'm not no, saying that. That's either, what I'm saying. But, so why not sell him? I'm not saying I, I financially, especially you're probably not going to get that much money for them. You, you have to look at it in a, a couple of different ways here, right? If, you know, if you're looking at it from the player's perspective and from in, as a business standpoint, the system, the economic system that is currently in place for transfers in soccer is very, uh, you know, the player has the power, right? And that's the way it should be too, right? La- he is the labor. He should control a little bit of where uh, uh, he should control his life. Like, yeah. you know, how you or I, well, a lot of people tell, how about this? Tell it to NFL players. Cause they have currently have no control yeah. well, now, but that's another conversation for another day with one that I'm very on interested podcast. in. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I'm very well versed on this subject. I can, I can go very deep into it. However, in this case, you know, if you're looking at it from an arsenal perspective, arsenal has a responsibility to its, you know, to its, uh, to its constituency, to its members, to uh, uh, bear with me here, to uh, to show that hey, you know, just because we have some power too, right? We're not just going to let every player who wants to go at any time the ability to go. He's going to play. He's going to play professionally, and we will move on when the time is right for us. You know, not when it's best time for the player, because what they probably don't want 
is for any player who has any kind of talent say, oh, Manchester City's better than us last year. I want to go there. Make it happen. They don't want that kind of cycle to happen with all of their good players that, you know, they don't want to become. I don't want to, this. This is oversimplifying it, but a glorified Southampton and that all their best players leave for the better clubs. Arsenal do not want to be viewed as a stepping stone in terms of a club. They want to be the final destination. And a player like Alexis Sanchez would question that uh, in terms of whether they let him move, to, especially to Manchester City. Yeah, I get so, it. So from the club's perspective, I understand what they did. It may not have been financially prudent of them short term, but long term, it could definitely affect the way the franchise is viewed and the way that they're positioned. <laughs> franchise. Yeah. Uh, Fine. I mean... The club, the way the club is positioned. <laughs> You're um, right. I shouldn't call them a franchise. They're not a franchise. You, yeah, I mean, okay, that's fine. With that in mind, now, let me spin this around to the fantasy perspective. If you are Alexis now, and you are being told that your wishes you know, are, are being ignored, for lack of a better term, like, or it just wasn't realistic, which is false. It was totally realistic. It was right in front of them, and either way, Alexis may feel disrespected. However, he is a professional. Where do you see this on the terms on the lines in terms of player performance? I think he will drastically reduce his output. How? I don't think he's going to play as much. I think there're going to be a lot of small nicks and niggles as they like to call them um and that he's not going to play as much as he did last year. I think he has he has no reason to put himself in a situation to get hurt, both for his move next summer and the World Cup. He would put, he could not play a single game until the World Cup, and he'd still start for Chile. But he can't do that if he gets hurt. So I, yeah. I really don't I don't think... Well, you could apply that to almost any player, right? Because the World Cup year does add some complication to a lot of players. I, I that, would, That's not exclusive to Alexis. Uh, it's his situation is exclusive to him that his club basically just screwed him. And I don't think there is another club who's willing to pay a lot of money to get, I don't feel that way. And here's the reason why from Alexis's point of view, he doesn't see any of the 60, 70 million pounds or whatever it is for the transfer. He doesn't see that money. Okay. What he sees is his personal wages go up. And if you feel that his wages are going to not be like, – he's not going to be worth as much from a wage scale in 12 months from now, that's one thing. I don't happen to share that point of view. Now, yeah, especially because he could sign a pre-contract in January, mm-hmm. right? Like, <laughs> likely, right? <laughs> but, but you don't do that and then play badly. You know I'm what talking I mean? about like, now. Well, he, he, especially now, he needs to play well, because if he wants to have any, if he wants to have that personal wage value where he wants the three hundred grand a week or three fifty, whatever the number is, he needs to play to that standard now. No, he he's already done that. that no, that contract see, is, is hold agreed. On, hold on, I don't. The contract is agreed. It was agreed as of look. The longer he goes now without playing well, I I think that the likelihood is that he doesn't get that contract. That's your. I mean, come on. I, I, I'm not saying it's a strong likelihood, but I think it's stronger if he plays well. That's my perspective. That, that would be my advice to if I, you know, obviously you can't if you if the, the way people get hurt is if they're playing not to get hurt. I mean, it's, I mean, either you play or you don't. 
because if you play at 75% or whatnot and you're really thinking about like you you're really thinking about just doing the things that don't make you get hurt that's when that's when things happen like it I, just I, I think that he will play like 60% of the games like let's say he normally pay, plays 100% of the games at 100% I think he's going to play 60% of the games at 100%. Not that he's going to go out and play to not get hurt. He's actually not going to play as much. That's I can see that being that's a fair point. He'll he'll do like a Sergio Aguero type season where he plays like 30 games. Uh Arsenal will be lucky if he plays 30 games. So with that in mind, he's already now, missed two of them. Well, he was missing those two whether he signed the contract or right, got I'm just got transferred or not. But um, you know, is he worth the top end value that you would have originally thought? I was originally taking him first, and I'm not sure I would take him in the first round now of a Taga league. We'll find out tonight if he falls to me. Well, it depends where it depends where we are in the draft. Well, like I said, I was willing to take him first. Yeah, I, I mean, I have him in literally every league. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know. The, I I I'm, I will tell you this, especially the later on it goes. I think the if I'm in the second half of the first round, I think the better value is to have Alexis Sanchez on your team. Um, especially at the forward position, like even if you get, like it just means you probably have to draft a second one quicker. But you only need to start one. Right. Yeah the the forward position. At least I mean it's obviously still very early, but. It's a lot closer than a lot of people thought. Harry Kane not scoring is well, that, that, a big reason. He'll for score. That. Of course that, he'll oh, score. Of course he'll score. Like <laughs> I love everybody. So my this is my problem with the Harry Kane will score, and it's like obviously think, he he will score. You'll, at some you'll, point. you'll think he'll just score four goals. Like he'll you'll think he'll score four goals in a game five times. Uh, like, no, no, no. It, it's just like everyone is like, oh, okay, it's September now. Harry Kane's going to score, and it's like. Harry Kane scoring now does not make up for Harry Kane not scoring in the first three weeks. I understand that, uh, especially because it's a week to week record based game. Like you need to win the weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I even I look think, at it as from FPL as well. F- don't don't talk to me. Uh, yes, FPL. I totally understand. You lost points because you had Harry Kane if you chose him, and especially because of the price you had to have him in FPL. One of the myriad of reasons I just don't like FPL. But I'm just saying, uh, I think people will say, like, if he has a, a great September, like, oh, good, that makes up for August. And it's like it doesn't because you could have had Lukaku for August and Kane in September. Well, for for FPL purposes, yeah, fine. Yeah. For Taga purposes, that's unlikely. <laughs> but for, let's just say in a Taga league, I think that – I don't think I'm going out on a limb to say that Harry Kane's going to carry you to more victories than he would to more defeats. Sure. So – that's the way I'll. That's the way, I, and that's the way you need to evaluate. At least the way I evaluate the forward position is: Will this person be able to carry me to more victories than defeats? Mm-hmm. And, and I'll tell you right now: Kalechi Iannaccio carrying me to more defeats right now, and I don't think that's going to change anytime soon because he's a dead roster spot, and mm-hmm. I can't drop him. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like the we kept saying how the top tier forwards were were so much better than the rest, mm-hmm. and obviously it's very early, but. It's just, it's not the case yet. Uh, some of them are, <laughs> like Morata getting a goal and an assist in each of his first three games, right? Like that helps. Uh, or his first two starts, excuse me, first two, right. first two, right. first two. Uh, 
Uh, and he didn't start the first one, so you probably didn't start him then. Uh, I actually had to in, in a couple of leagues because he was just literally the only forward I had. Because right. well, <laughs> I think, I think most people would have planned a little differently, but well, no, because uh, uh, when your when your three forwards on your roster could be very easily Pedro, him, and Ayanacho, and Pedro and Ayanacho were out for sure, mm-hmm. or no, not, no, Ayanacho was not for sure. Pedro was out for sure. Ayanacho was on the bench, and so was Morata. And you're just like, uh, I'm pretty sure Maratha's going to get playing time. So it's just like you, 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 you have no choice in that situation because mm-hmm. you're not dropping any of them. Right. Okay. But let's get back to the transfer window here, right? Because there's been a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of transfers in, uh, a lot of transfers out, a lot of people changing, changing teams, especially at the window here. Actually, the window was dis- the end of the transfer window was very disappointing when you, if you were looking for a lot of big changes. You only really got two we were talking about didn't happen. (laughs) Well, no. And there's a third Virgil van Dyke not moving was very surprising. Um, I suppose. suppose. A a Virgil van Dyke at a Liverpool or at a Chelsea, especially if he went to Chelsea, that's that's a that's a number one overall defender type move. If he goes to Chelsea. Um, I guess. He, he I, I, I disagree, he win, but I guess. He, I mean, he wins aerial duels. Uh, he Chelsea has a defensive unit, especially if he's there, is rock solid. Uh, well, maybe not rock solid, but pretty damn solid. And I, Liverpool, I totally... Liverpool that was never take happening. Take out the rock solid. As, well, I'm just saying, as soon as the first thing happened, it, the, a subsequent deal was never happening. I don't know why everyone was like, oh, they're back at the bargaining table. It's like Southampton had no reason to sell him. Specifically to Liverpool, like they easily could have just waited out, and they did. Like this was that was clearer than the Alexis situation. Yeah, I mean Virgil Van Dyke. Yeah, Virgil Van. Okay, let's put it this way: Virgil Van Dyke, when he eventually starts again at Southampton, right? Is he going to be the same Virgil Van Dyke, or is he going to fall into the same category as Alexis? You think? Um, Especially because he's coming off of injury. I was going to say the injury is much more my concern than because he's not. I don't think he's free next summer. Like they no, have him not. for years, so like the, the the club still has significant control over that. The reason the Alexis thing was so awful is because he's going to walk for free. Like Southampton, know they can go in another summer, knowing that they could sell him then. Arsenal doesn't have that, so like Van Dyke's going to play. But With, the injury, uh, by the way, we'll get to him. Well, yeah, the injury is much more concerning. I mean, that was like a long term injury. So I don't, I don't think he w- he will be the number one defender from when he starts to the end of the season i'm not sure he's in the top 10 or virgil van dyke's in the top 10 or, or, or alexis i don't think van dyke finishes in the top 10 from like the, his first start through the end of the season uh, i i think for somebody who I, knows I, I, how amazingly uh inconsistent defenders are it's like crazy like he he was in the top 10 was he in the top 10 last year he probably wasn't because the injury he was going to be yeah but like things change year over year significantly when it comes to defenders they're like we have one season of van dyke being a dominant player like we don't have four of them and so what's to say that he's going to be better or he's going to be better than everybody else by the way he's signed until 2022 yeah see we can do this every summer and every January well, be great. <laughs> well, I, I, I guess this goes back to what you were saying before that these players are on, on a case by case basis in terms of them not moving. 
Right. Yeah, because, always, yeah. because the next player I want to get to is Mesut Ozil. Yep. So uh, along with Alexis, Mesut Ozil can walk. Yes. And, you know, you, and there are just clubs lining up to pay him. Well, sorry, there are none. <laughs> I said in the Slack is, chat the other day, he's going to be playing for Fenerbahce in two years. Maybe next year. He'll, he'll go the way of Wesley Snyder, except right. much younger. Except much younger. Uh, they, 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 I, I, Arsenal need to convince a Chinese team to come in and buy him. They don't. The, that market's closed. Yeah, that that you know. I, yeah. Yep. Yep. I'd say the Chinese market that does tend to be closed now. Uh, the the new regulations. Yeah. yeah that's, that's but over. for but for for Ozil, you know, he hasn't looked good. He's the yeah, one but, who's playing for a new contract. Yeah, and he needs to play well. That's right. You read my mind. He has to play well. Now. Exactly. He wants to go anywhere of significance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I, I mean, he'll be at like Wolfsburg soon. At this point, if he's lucky. No, Wolfsburg is like one of the bottom teams in the Bundesliga right yeah, now. Yeah, he'll be lucky to be in Germany. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Okay. He's a German. He's a German national. Uh-huh. Like he starts for the German national team. Like any German team will take him. Okay. That's not named Bayern Munich. Right. He wouldn't. Uh, I don't think he'd play at Dortmund either, but he's too old for Dortmund. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's because not he's a what, 26. And Chris and Pulisic are already better than him. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're different players, but I'm aware. I'm aware. I'm just saying that because he's a U.S. player. Yeah. And I'm not even sure if that's actually true. If Pulisic's actually better than it's not, but sure. Not today, at least. <sighs> I'd like to ask a German and see what they think. I mean, I am even one from Dortmund. Okay. Uh, I remember talking to somebody over the summer that was like, oh, no, we're going to keep Dembele. I'm like, no, you're not. (laughs) There's no chance. If after the Neymar transfer, I'm like, there's no chance uh, Dembele stays uh, with uh, Barcelona having their normal transfer budget plus 200 and something million euros. (laughs) No way. They're a mess, though. Barcelona. Not really. They still have a really powerful front three. I mean, if they're a mess, it's for other reasons. It's not for Neymar. Um, let's see how Dembele plays with them before we say a really powerful front three. Oh, fine. You still have Messi and Luis Suarez. Yeah, like, sure. That's a, that's a pretty good start to a strong front three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They don't <laughs> like, defend at all. On. though. That's fine. I mean, it's not. They play. That's the, pro- that's the point. We're talking about Barcelona here. They should be competing for titles and champions leagues and they don't anymore. They don't anymore. I mean, they, they made what, like the quarterfinals last year for the champions league. Yeah. This is Barcelona. Getting to the quarterfinals is no small feat. <laughs> like it is for Barcelona. Uh, you don't you I, don't have the first or second yeah, highest budget took, in the and world. It took a, and it took a miracle to get past PSG. Exactly, I, I, I understand. Exactly, they're trending in the wrong direction. <laughs> Why are we oh talking God. about Barcelona <laughs> and not Coutinho? Anyway, Ozil, anyway, Ozil needs I, to play better. Yeah. All right, now to Coutinho. Um, you know, he hasn't played yet. Um, they, to be honest, offensively, Liverpool have looked pretty good without him. Uh, I'm not sure where he would play. Yeah. It's the, um, somebody, I forget who it was tweeted out. Like it took the Coutinho to Barcelona talk to, for Liverpool, everybody to realize that Sadio Mane is Liverpool's best player. Like that yeah. team is so good even without Coutinho. I, I, I keep telling everybody this and they, no one listens when 
especially when teams are playing like either an offside trap or they're trying to sit back. The one thing that consistently beats bad uh, teams that are playing defensively is pace, mm-hmm. pace He's and it. skill, pace and skill on the ball. Yeah. Those two things will beat anybody, especially if you have them both. Yeah, and they have that in abundance with Mane on one side, and I do. I think, and you think that they have it with abundance on Salah on the other side. That is so hard to defend because when you have the, because then you're going to have center backs running into the channels to cover the guy who's just blown right past uh, all the defenders and midfielders, and then. Firmino fits it. That's when everyone else starts getting open in the box. Firmino can find space, yep. and then Mane or Salah find space on the back post. Like that, that's how bo- that's how they've scored, really. I mean, Mane Mane scored one goal by himself, basically, to to get their last win. But it was it's it's really a really fun sight to behold when you watch a guy with pace just absolutely expose a bad defense. Yeah. That's why they struggled when he was at Afcon last year, and then. And he was hurt, I think, after that. Like, they're, they're just a totally different team. Yeah. I thought and, you were going to say, uh, I thought Oxley Chamberlain on the other side. And I was going to say, I was going to basically berate no. you for saying that. But no. you're right. I do and, love Mo Salah. Yeah. And the rumor has it that, you know, Emery Chan's going to sign a pre contract with Juventus in January. So if Oxley somebody's got to be the odd man out, unfortunately, there. Like, yeah. Chan, Henderson, and Winaldum have all played well. And Milner, Milner is there. Ox, it's, like they, it, yeah, they're I, deep. I, I, yeah, they're deep, and Ox wants to play centrally, which is interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, like he's he suffers from Theo Walcott syndrome. Like he thinks he's something that he's not. That is an accurate comparison. Yes, and accurate as an A N or in or I N, A N and accurate. Thank you. Yes, not an inaccurate. Okay. And accurate. Yes. Yes, I okay, agree so, with your assessment. Thank you. Yes, uh, it's. It's really, really strange how both of them have come from basically the same exact place. Yeah. <laughs> like, they if they want to play centrally, they shouldn't. And especially if Oxley chamberlain wants to play center midfield because he'll get dominated by literally everybody. Literally any player that's his size or bigger. Yeah. I mean, I mean... <laughs> I can go down a very long list of central midfielders before I get to Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. It was very funny, all of the Chelsea people, when he was going to Chelsea, like, yeah, he's a very good player. He can do this. He can do that. And then he said no, and they're like, he's always been very overrated. He can't do anything. He wouldn't even be able to play on the wing. Every every team goes through that. It was and, and it was I, so I, funny I kept, to watch. I kept, I kept saying, yeah, he'd be good. He'd be good competition for Victor Moses. Right. Like that's a, that's, that's what all it was. I was. That's what he was. Yeah. I mean, and, and the thirty million was the market price. Like, fine, that's right. fine with forty. I, don't I care. believe, but sure. whatever it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> Thirty-five, I think, is what it, it doesn't matter. But like, that's just the market yeah. rate now. Yeah. Like, forget the price, especially if you have the money. Like, yeah. forget just, the price. It was funny to see all the Chelsea people go from one very far side of Oxley chamberlain back to the realistic side of them. Correct. Correct. And, and now and, they have okay. David Zabacosta instead. Can we try to spin something else forward here with far, while we're still on like the teams that were red, especially Arsenal? Sure. And former Arsenal players, but a current Arsenal player, Alexander Lacazette, not starting. <sighs> um, should people be worried about that spinning it forward as a new transfer in? Um, uh, that's a good question. Uh, I... I want to say no, but like I have him and in one league, and I'm nervous about it. Like, there's it makes no with, sense, especially no with sense. Giroud playing well off the bench. Um, but it wasn't even Giroud; it's Welbeck. Like, what is 
what is Danny Welbeck doing getting minutes ahead of Alexander Lacazette and Olivier Giroud? It makes no sense to me. None. Um, so it's one of those that like, I would be nervous, but I'm not going to like sell Lacazette for pennies on the dollar. So and then the same thing for, uh, for Kolasinic, mm-hmm. he I, didn't play either. Yeah. Like, um, I think he's fine now. I think the ox moving opens that left wing back spot for him and Kieran Gibbs moving. Yeah. Well, he was a non-factor, but yes. <laughs> I mean, they pretty much have nobody there now. It's just it's just him and maybe Nacho Monreal. I was gonna say Monreal, who they keep playing at center back. Like they were gonna sell Mustafi, they were gonna sell one of. They already sold Gabriel, and they were gonna sell Mustafi so that they could continue to play Monreal, a left back at center back. Like they they're playing this three man back line, but they're gonna sell two center backs. They didn't end up selling Mustafi. Um, it just I, I have no idea what's going on there. I think what we're seeing here a little bit is, you know, there are adjustments whenever you switch teams. And I want to go over to Burnmouth really quickly because I think this is what we're also seeing here uh, with Jermaine Defoe, who transferred in. Like, you know, first first couple weeks he didn't play uh, or he didn't start, excuse me. And, you know, Josh King hasn't been great yet. So there are a lot of new – I mean there are new pieces in the attack that are still trying to get acclimated to each other. And I think that this could be something that's just going across the entire league right now. And I mean there could be some overreaction that's going on, especially with transferred players on both sides. Some people being overvalued and some people being undervalued. Yeah, I mean the guy that we talked about being very overvalued at the beginning of the year was Josh King. And I'm not sure that's changed even with – like I assume Defoe is going to start – going to begin starting now um, because – I believe he started the last one before the international break. Benic Afobi was pretty bad. So um, I think, you know, how we th- thought that would play out at the beginning of the season is going to play out now anyway. But, um, yeah, what is different about Burnmouth, though, for you? Uh, just, just for me now, you know, even now, I mean, Jermaine Defoe and Josh King have to play together and then when you fit in someone like Stanislas or Ryan Frazier in the midfield like these are people that just haven't played together yet this season and that takes time yes so I mean even if they do start together and even if they do struggle at first I mean especially on Defoe I would stay the course Josh King don't pay second round price for him that would be silly I've said that at the beginning of the year I'm gonna say it again but you know I would still look to acquire Joshua King now especially right now uh, yeah, I would, if anybody's selling low, I would buy low. I would put it that yeah. way. But like, yeah, I'm not going to overpay for Josh King at this point. No, I, I don't think anyone. Value. <laughs> yeah, I don't think, if I, say, I don't think anyone should pay because mar- the market value was overinflated. Right. But what I'm saying now is and even with, and even with your arsenal options now, if someone's trying to sell Alexis low or trying to sell Ozil low or trying to sell Lacazette, I don't think anyone would low or Kolasnik low, buy them all. Take them all now because I think people are overreacting to what they've just seen most recently. I think Arsenal will figure it out with all those players, you know, with Lacazette starting. If Lacazette doesn't start the rest of the season, I would pay I would pay anyone like or consistently. I think he starts even like 70 percent of the games going forward as long as he's healthy. If he doesn't, I'd pay someone money like I would put a very strong bet on that. Would you would you buy Troy Deeney though? See, no, and that's different. Because in the Troy Deeney in the Troy Deeney case, like he wasn't great last year either, with uh, with better options surrounding him, and now the options keep getting better around him. 
And, you know, Richarlison has looked not good, but great. Yep. Now, he's a player that people could be overreacting to, but he's doing his scoring without scoring goals necessarily. Like he, he has scored, he has scored, but he also does, you know, he gets successful take ons. Uh, he can also, you know, put a ball in or two like he, he does other things. Uh, and Andre Gray, I'm not his biggest fan. I know you like him. Uh, or you have liked him in the past. I'm not sure if you like him this season. But I've never been an Andre Gray guy, but thank you for... That's not true. Andre before Gray? The... Yes. When he was at Burnley, you were a big Andre Gray fan. Before When when Burnley got promoted again, you were all on that train. Uh, oh, yes. Yes. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. You totally were. Don't right. try to... You made it, it sound like this year I was into him. No, no, no. I said, I, I said, I don't know if you like it. I said in the past, at least in the past. Yes. When they, I, during their promoted season, I did like him. Yes, you did. Now, Andre Gray and Richarlison are much better options than Dini has ever had accustomed to being around him. So, you know, if he struggles, he doesn't have a long leash like he used to. Like it's, And also, not, not to mention Stefano Okaka is still there, but I'm not considering him a strong option. Yeah. He's just big. Yep. But, you know, it, when it was just like him and Okaka or him and uh, uh, the guy who Gallo. Thank you. Yes. Uh, like there's not really any competition for him. And now that he has competition, if he doesn't play up to the standard, he's not going to play. Yeah. Yep. I think that's right. I mean, Watford have done a very good job of acquiring new talent every season. They've been in the Premier league. Like they just keep buying a lot of players. Yeah. They look, I mean, that's what you do to stay up, right? If it, you have to try to get better. I agree. And I mean, for in the case of, I mean, we could talk about Watford now because I mean, they, they, they've done a lot of business. Some people drafted Will Hughes, and they haven't seen him a lot. Nope. Tom Cleverly has been playing. Uh, he's been okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, Ricarlison, uh, he's been great. Um, Andre Gray, again, I'm not his biggest fan. Um, the person to me that's played very well under the radar is Nathaniel Holaba. Mm-hmm. Like I said he would because Chelsea just give up on their youngsters for no reason. Um, the reason is I, they're not good enough to play for the first team. It's playing for Watford's very different than playing for Chelsea. Fine. That's why. <laughs> I'll give you that. <laughs> I'll give you that. I can't deny that fact. But it's but anyway, uh you know, Nathaniel Holaba is really good. Mm-hmm. And you know, that that's a player that if you're in a Taga format, um if you pay if you drafted him late in the draft, you're you're getting good minutes out of him now. Uh, those are the, I mean, th- that's the kind of player that you're looking for just for, you know, eight, your eight, 10 points a game from a midfielder. That's, you know, it could dip down to six, but it also could go up to 15. Like mm-hmm. it's, mm-hmm. that's the kind of player you're looking for at the end of your midfield bench. I think you could start him sometimes. I, I'm saying uh, like your fit, if you start five, yeah. if you happen to start five midfielders, he'll be right there for you. But that's, that's the kind of value you're looking for. Yes. And I don't think that's an overreaction is my point. Okay. That's fair. I've got a different guy I want to bring up to you. Go nuts. But at first, I want to take a minute to thank Starting Eleven for sponsoring the podcast. Uh, Starting Eleven's the world's first live daily fantasy sports app. You build an 11-player roster during the week, but Starting Eleven experience does not end there. Instead, Starting Eleven makes you allows you to make up to three substitutions for your fantasy squad during live play, just like a real manager. So if a player's having an off day, you can get them off the pitch. If the player's on fire, suddenly they're in your lineup. No more helplessly watching your lineup and hours of research and planning get destroyed by injuries or poor form. Thank you, Gary Cahill in Game Week 1. 
Starting 11 is available right now with contests for the Premier League's perfect daily companion to your season-long FPL squad. Whether you're at the top or the bottom of your mini-league, you can download right now on your Apple or Android device. Just search for Starting 11 Fantasy. Become a manager, take control of your lineup, and win the day with Starting 11. One guy who you're probably not taking as much as you thought you would at the beginning of the year is Kieran Trippier. Uh, yeah, not now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh God. I was so happy keeping him for a buck in, in EFSA, and here I am literally like, should I just drop him? Uh, you can't. I, you can't. But, like, I, I can't uh, see the words, but, like, it's... Uh. I want to be the... Despite me taking Trippier in a few spots, including EFSA... I feel like I'm still the guy who has always said he's not good enough to start every game. He's not good enough defensively for Pochettino that that job is going to be his all the time. And so nobody should be shocked that they went out and upgraded the right back spot. However, this absolutely kills his fantasy value. <laughs> I think, I, I mean, I think it puts, I think it casts questions on both. Uh, you know, is is that's, Aria going to start ridiculous. right at the beginning? Is he going to be eased into action? Uh, Whether he's going... eased or he goes in, as soon as he starts, it's over. Kieran Trippier, we can all take him in our in our daily uh, Champions League because I think that's where he'll play. But for Premier League, I think he's done. That is such a shame. And Kyle Walker's Peter, well, Kyle Walker Peters, is done too. He was yeah okay fine, uh, it was, I, I mean I think I posted just like in huge capital letters no yeah. as soon as I saw it happen right, yeah. uh, like it's, it's uh, it, he just he never even got a real chance like <laughs> unless they're seeing something in training that is so abysmal, you know and I mean I'm every gonna... he started enough games and he's played enough that they had they've given him plenty of a chance. He played Three. a bunch of the Champions League games last year. I and just, performed well. <laughs> not well enough. Obviously not well enough. I, I, I'm I, surprised. I, 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 I'm still very much a fan of Kieran Trippier's. Wherever he goes, if he plays, I'm, I'm on it. You know, it. Well, he's gone Tottenham and he's not playing. That's where I he get is. it. I, thank you. Uh, but it, I'm stunned. I'm stunned that that's the if that's the reason. Uh, I mean, I can't. I'm stunned that you're stunned that they that this happened. I don't know. I mean, if they really if they didn't think that he was the long term answer, why sell Kyle Walker? Because they got 50 million pounds for him. <sighs> Is Kyle Walker I... worth 50 million pounds? What does that mean? Like, like, is he? They were never going to get more for him. That's not the point. And they had plenty of time to replace him, like they just did, for much less. For half the money, yeah. yes. And but, do you think that Serge Aurier is the same level of player Kyle Walker is? I think he's better. For fantasy, at least, I think he's better. For fantasy, yeah. yeah. But I mean, whether he's a better player or not, he's a better he's also, player than Kieran Trippier, and he's a terrible human. That well, that is also a problem. Uh, yeah, I mean the fact that he could go to jail. Yes, I mean anybody could go to jail any day, Mike. He's been in jail. <laughs> That's the difference. Uh, 
Um, he is, a, or it makes it from, work from what we know about him. I don't know the guy, but from what has been portrayed, he seems to be a pretty poor human being. But maybe he, maybe this is where he changes his life for the better, which would be great. No, uh, I think he's going to be more like John Terry and always be a bad human. Um, but there are plenty <laughs> of people who like John Terry. Uh, yeah, I agree. Oh, yeah. and if he shows the if he shows the the strength and leadership to lead that back line the way that John Terry led Chelsea's, yeah. I'm sure everyone will adore him. Right. I understand that. Um, I but anyway, for fantasy purposes, yes, Serge Aurier does have tremendous value. Yeah, I I worry as much as I just crapped all over Kieran Trippier. I worry about rotation with him. Um, like yeah, I don't that... think he's um. Like, I think they have every reason to kind of pick and choose when they play each one. And we'll never know when, you know, when they have Champions League coming up next week and then a, a game on the weekend, we don't know how Pochettino is going to play them. And so it puts kind of a big question mark on a position. You know, if we could do team right backs, you'd be all over Spurs. But there are obviously going to be times where you're going to play one of them, probably Aria. And. Trippier gets a start. Yeah, it's it's it, it's I, I think it's really a shame. Well, let's stick let's stick on the on the Hotspur on the Tottenham Hotspur uh, line here. Uh, they were they did some uh, decent business where they picked up Urente as well on the yep. final day. Um, so to, bummer for fantasy purposes, but well, yeah, I mean, I, I made the point. I think I think it was on a Twitter conversation that yes. yeah, we we've lost we've lost a quality striking option. Right. And my response was, I'm not sure Fernando Llorente was that much better than Wilfred Bonney, who took a spot at Swansea. Fantasy wise, you haven't seen you haven't seen a well, a, a, a Wilfred Bonney that, that played well in like three years. I know. But the last one I saw was in a Swans shirt with <laughs> with Gilfie Sigurdsson. A hundred percent of the Bonnie successes I've seen have come for Swansea with Gilfie Sigurdsson. I know. And now they have Tom Carroll, the 2000. 17 version of Gilfie Sigurdsson, right? No? no. Not the same guy? Not yet. No. Um, I don't know. We'll see. Uh, they have Sam Klukas? Uh, is he is he Gilfie Sigurdsson? Renato Sanchez, who isn't even close to the position, let alone the skill of... I don't know. But I do Renato feel much Sa- better. Renato Sanchez, the, 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 the player that... Bayern Munich thinks of so highly that they'll loan him to Swansea. Right. He's Julian, anyway, he's the Portuguese Julian Green. Um, the, anyway, <laughs> I do feel better about my declaration beginning of the year that Swansea uh, weren't going to be relegated. I still feel good about that. I I wouldn't. Okay. I mean, they just lost a really important piece that for long term success. I mean, if they start mounting Who, injuries, or Sigurdsson. Uh, both oh. if they start mounting injuries pretty much at any position good luck yeah but that was the case even with those guys not really as long as those two didn't get hurt <laughs> uh i don't i mean those two were not hurt last year and they almost got relegated so i mean they're it took your to save them um let's be honest it took your to save them maybe yes maybe. <laughs> wasn't he purchased in january uh no, I thought he was. Was he not there the whole year? You're not thinking of uh, the other one. Oh, uh, Gabbiadini. Uh, yeah, I was thinking Gabbiadini. Anyway, yeah, and, and Jordan Ayew came in late and he helped. Mm-hmm. But he's still there. 
Yeah, I know, but it took it took saving. Is my point. Tammy like, Abraham. Yeah, Urente was there all year. Um, I, I mean, I love Tampa. Yeah, but Urente was playing well at the end of the season. You, but um, you're right, though. Like, obviously, if they lose a few key guys, they are going to be in trouble. I, but I, I think this I, team is much one, better than people thought they were. If you lose one, <laughs> like if they uh, how about this, if they lose Tom Carroll, mm-hmm. Rookie Mesa. Great. Anyway, I, th- I think that's I, actually I, I, the benefit that they have that they oh, don't have man. anybody who's so great. They lose Leroy Fair. I mean, how can you oh, well. say that? <laughs> I think <laughs> they're you better. Hear, did than... you hear that sentence? I think what's so great about them is that they don't have any quality at any <laughs> position. <laughs> it's that they don't have any one player they they rely on. No, it's not that they don't have one. It's, it's oh my God. They're four it's points. Four points ahead of three other teams. Kind of finish up my Tottenham thought here. Yeah, please. Uh, Danny Rose is slated to come back soon. He was rumored to be transferred and did not. Uh, they should have sold f- him too. Ben Davis is so much better. That's what I have to say about Danny Rose. Do He's you another think- one I would worry? I think there's the rotation on the left side is just as bad as the possible rotation on the right because they're playing in all these big competitions or two big ones and. I will ask the same question I asked of the Arsenal guys. When Danny Rose does play, does he perform to the level that you expect? Sure. From Danny Rose in the past? Yeah. Okay. He's not going to be upset that he didn't get moved to Chelsea or to whoever. Um, yeah, where do you want to go? Newcastle? Chelsea, or? City. They no, were both he wanted there. to go up north. He wanted to go home. Where's he from? That was the talk. Chelsea Whatever. and City weren't going to buy him. Come uh, on. Manchester United ran on everybody. So, so I mean... Who knows? Manchester United are still in on Gareth Bale and Cristiano Ronaldo, apparently. Right. Yeah, exactly. And maybe even uh, – and, of course, Man City is still in on Messi. So, yep. I mean, yep. everyone's going everywhere. Yep, that release but, clause will definitely be that. Anyway, it's – I think it's 500 million euros now mm-hmm. for Messi. Mm-hmm. Um, Not bad. Half a billion walking out the door. Um, for – when we're talking about – when we're talking about you know Spurs now – in a in a Taga league, would you draft Aria or Rose early? No. Would you draft them at all? Um, sure. Would but you have, have to? They'd draft, have to fall. Would you have to? Would you feel that if you got one, that you'd have to draft their backup? No. I hate doing that. That's not my but point. It, it makes mo- point. it makes much more sense in Taga. I, I went on a rant on the Rotowire Radio Show recently about handcuffing running backs in in football, and but this. Fullbacks or really any backup positions in soccer are, are significantly different just because the way they play is different. Like you, if, if you have both, you know, you're going to start one of them. Whereas in football, you don't have that opportunity. Correct. Now, American football. Yes, I understand. Uh, going back to, I can't believe we have to go back to Swansea. I really, do you really see any kind of value in any of the guys they brought in? Um, like real Taga value. Like I think I know Bonnie definitely. I think Bonnie should would should be certainly owned uh, um, because of the position. He's going to be snapped up immediately. Yeah, but I think I think he's got twelve goals in him from this point on. That's plenty valuable. It's basically what we could have expected from Urente at this point. Maybe Urente had fifteen last year. I don't think I, Bonnie I, gets that I, high. I think, I think twelve is like that's that's like your ceiling. Yeah. You're assuming that he hits the ground running, and I, mean, I don't. That's I fine. just don't. 
Four hat tricks in May gets me there. I mean, that's fine. He hasn't played consistent football. He's fresh. In three years. Yeah, he's fresh. In three no, years, it's Andrew. It's not that long. It's like two and a half. <laughs> Excuse me. Is it even For two the and better... a half? No, it's one and a half. Did, wasn't last year... He went in January of 16. Fine. A year and two... a half. God. 18 Th- months. <laughs> 18 months of not playing. Oh, wait. Yeah, maybe they... it was 15. Uh pretty sure he's it doesn't matter yeah to be honest it doesn't matter Wasting one and a half last year didn't help I think it one and a half years. and Damn. one and a half and two and a half years the difference between those two doesn't matter yeah he's i i think it's i think nobody would be surprised time. if he scored double digit goals and he i think he can get to 12 I, I think his ceiling is 12 i i'd be i'm still cut you would still have to cover me color me surprised that's fine if he gets the 12 okay yeah if he gets the 10 i'd still that would be value even if he gets to 10 for yeah. me, and I'm not sure he'll get there. Yeah. Because you're assuming first that he starts right away, which is not, not a right safe away. assumption. It doesn't have to be right NBA. away. We're three games in. I, I, don't, mean, think, you, I don't think you, 10 you, goals in 30 games and 30 starts is crazy for Wilfred Bonney at Swansea. That's all I'm saying. That's fine. I, I, I'm i not a Bonnie fan this year. Okay. I, I will. Un, it, would, it is very unlikely that I own him. How's that? That's fine. That's fine. Is there anybody on Swansea you would own before him other than Tom Carroll? Or you'd probably say Tammy Abraham, but that I, I'll no. call that as a Chelsea bias. So nobody. No. no, not really. Right. But I don't value anybody on that team pretty highly. Okay. I can't wait until you get Wilfred Bonnie in like the 13th round tonight, and then you start talking about how he has 20 goal upside. I'm not. S- <laughs> <laughs> I would never say that. Um I would never, ever yeah, say that. Of and you know that. <laughs> like, you know I would never say that. <laughs> I, um, I I mean, I would draft him in the 13th round. That's certainly for sure. That's yeah. because he's a forward with a potential job. Mm-hmm. But, you know, hopefully I have better options before that so I don't have to draft forwards in the 13th round because those forwards are not very good. Yeah, you Ooh. might get stuck with a few who all of a sudden are in the top 10, like Shinji Okazaki and... Yosalu. All right, we are starting more goals than Harry Kane. We're starting to run out of shows. Let's try yeah. and go through some major moves that were. You know, let's let's stick at the forward position. So we got the. I'm going to go with all the J's. We have uh, J Rodriguez. We have Hosalu and Hesse. Um, I think I like Hesse the most. Because is it is it because of the non-scoring things that he can do? Um, that and I just don't think. Uh, Jay Rodriguez and Yosulu start or score enough to outdo. Like, I think Hesse has the most goal upside of the three. Yosulu's got some competition for playing time. Oh, he's God, not he the should. fittest player either. And that's yeah, yeah. Uh, Jay Rodriguez is probably pretty, pretty reliable, although he's they've been throwing him out on the wing. Wait, which wait, I don't like pause, pause. You just put Jay Rodriguez in the healthy category? No, I just said I said he was reliable for plays. Yeah. Okay. If you're saying Hosalu is not the world's most fit player, you have to apply the same to Jay Rodriguez. Um, I suppose. I suppose. I think it's the difference between a number of nagging injuries and one big injury, which was two years ago. It was a big injury, right? One that but, you have no problem overlooking for somebody like Yannick Bellasi, but sure. Okay. Overlook. I, I I was willing to keep him for a dollar. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
How is that over? I know he shows up in the Talga queue during drafts, and you're like, oh, okay, I'll wait. Like, I know you're but thinking I, about it. Have I drafted him in any draft? I don't know. We're not in every league together. I'm sure you have him somewhere. I do not. <laughs> if there was an IR spot, yes, I there, would do it. Yeah, okay, these, okay. But these bench spots just don't. They're not. They're not enough. Okay. Okay. Who do Especially you like in that a, group that you gave me? Uh, I like. I like Hesse and Hoselu more than I like J-Rod okay. is the way that I'll put it. I think Hesse and Hoselu are closer than youth may think um, just simply because I, I don't consider Dwight Gale. And yeah. Mit- I don't think Dwight Gale and Mit- Mitrovic are competition. I okay. just don't. Uh, I mean, Mitrovic is a guy you can bring in late if you need a goal because he's just offense at big, but no, Dwight Gale is never an option okay. ever. He should never be an option for Newcastle ever. Okay. And actually, I think Newcastle were trying to sell him at the sell uh, on deadline day. Dwight Gale to raise oh. money to buy an actual striker. Hmm. Didn't work. Because, again, nobody thinks Dwight Gale is an option. Uh. Except for, like, five people who really touted him before the season started. And I'm very happy that I've been proven right about Dwight Gale so far. Proven right? <laughs> about Dwight Gale star? so far. That's my point. He was He's hurt. not good. <laughs> He's okay. not good. Okay. He's proven it so many times with better midfields that he's not good. I'm just talking about Palace. Okay. Anyway, right. what? Spe- oh, well, two years ago, three years fine. ago, Wilfred Bonnie was good back then, Mike. <laughs> uh, so I made this point on Twitter. I, th- I think we have the title of the podcast, by the way. Wilfred Bonnie was good back then. Um, Paul Pogba is the highest scoring player. For in EFSA and Mkhitaryan is two. What odds do you give each of them respectively to finish in those positions? Uh, I, I would give Pogba a much higher likelihood of finishing one than Mkhitaryan finishing two because mm-hmm. Pogba does you know has, he has an all around game that mm-hmm. helps in that scoring format. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did not criticize you for keeping Pogba at one twenty five. Certainly not after paying one twenty six for Murata, but yeah. who's been fine? Yeah. <laughs> Like what has he done? What has Murata done to show that he's not worth premium price? I don't know. So I got a two goals, two assists in three games, in which he's only started in two. Uh, it's he's been good. Um, yeah. So I'm going to give you a trivia for this to finish this podcast. Okay, I'm sure I'll question. get it. Let me see. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, there are nine players who have created at least eight chances this season. There are how many? Nine. Okay. Three of them have zero assists. Who are Okay. They? Who are those players? Is De Bruyne one of them? He is. Okay. Created eight that I will, doesn't I will give you assist. the ones who have at least one assist. Willian, Nathan Redman, Christian Eriksen, Robbie Brady, David Silva, and Henrik Mkhitaryan. So it's De Bruyne so, and two other players have created more than at least eight chances and have not had an assist. Uh, I will give you a further hint. Is, one is, is on the Tom team Carroll I like. One of them? No, one is on the team I like, and one is on the team you like. Uh, oh my God, uh, it, it would it be Mesut Ozil. It is Mesut Ozil who has created twelve chances. Only Mkhitaryan has more and zero assists. And your guy who has eight eight. Chances created and no assists is Marcus Alonso. Cesc Fabregas. Okay. No, that's I mean that's a I mean that's a fine list. I mean, but I mean for Fabregas to say he at least has a goal. He does. 
So, I mean, he's he's been scoring big numbers. He's actually the only one of that entire group who has scored a goal. Well, I mean, I mean, like I said, you know, I mean, if anyone's selling low on any of these players, by the way, well, yes, take them always, all. Yes. Take all. Sell low usually. Buying low usually works. Usually, not always. But there are certain players that I'm very comfortable buying low on. Oh, I'll tell you this much. A person who I wouldn't be comfortable buying low on right now is Jason Punchin. Um, a lot of people liked him at the beginning, beginning of the season because he's been playing, he was going to play a more advanced role under Frank DeBoer's system, and he has been awful. Um, the two things to that. One, buying low on Jason Punchin. Like, he's already so low that, like, you're – would you pick him up off waivers or free agency? Because that's the uh, low. I, I don't. I don't even. I don't even know right. at this point. Okay. I'm sure somebody would. I'm sure somebody would. Like if I dropped him in the league that I have him, I'm mm-hmm. sure someone would pick him up. Yeah. So, so the, like, there's your low. There's buying low on Jason Punchin. And secondly, that entire team has been awful. Agreed, uh, including Benteke. Mm-hmm. Yes, he's on that team too. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm glad that I got one of them without any help yes. <laughs> in De Bruyne. I'm glad I got one of the trivia question yes. guys. Um, but, we got Ozil in fairness after the seventh guess, the seventh hint. So <laughs> fine. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm trying to think of just one. If there's one thing that people should take away from the transfer window and to utilize for you know the rest of season, you know, is there anything that you can take away? Anything? Any big common theme that you've seen? Uh, I think a lot of people overrate incoming transfers that they have seen perform in previous leagues. We had this conversation with uh, Manolo Gabbiadini last year in January. We were like, he's probably not, you know, five was the over, or did we say four and a half goals through the end of the year? And I think people just need to put in perspective that it's extremely rare for guys to transfer into the Premier League and score 20, even 15 goals. And like 10 assists is very, is tough to get. So like expectations should be tempered with any new player while there are guys who come in and you know light the world on fire they usually don't so just be careful and if you burn really bright early you just fade away quicker (laughs) and on that note we will end this episode of the rotowire fantasy soccer podcast he has been andrew laird i have been mike gottlieb and both of us have been brought to you by our friends at the Starting Eleven app. Thank you again for joining us this week. We'll talk to you in a few days where we preview uh, the game week number four? four. Four. Game week number four of the Premier League season. We'll talk to you then. Four? four? <laughs> Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? 
Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.